This is the Tan Report. I'm your host, Han Trung. And this week on the podcast, I'm starting at a recent convention in New Orleans. Welcome, guys. If you got tickets and you just have the QR codes, just go. All the lines are open and free to go to. On the second day of a three-day convention known as Fan Expo New Orleans, Kaylin Armour was greeting and directing thousands of people as they entered Hall G of the Moriel Convention Center. Yesterday it was kind of a little slow, but today is it's very amped up right now, and everybody is here, and it's 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 pretty exciting. Exciting for Kaylin because Fan Expo New Orleans is a convention for fans of sci-fi, comics, gaming, anime, fantasy, you know, stuff for nerds. I'm a part of that crowd. Maybe not as hardcore as some of the people you'll meet in this podcast, but I was that kid in school with a bowl cut, thick glasses, reading comics and watching way too many episodes of Thundercats, Transformers, and Voltron in the 1980s. Kalen and everyone else I spoke with at the convention proudly called themselves nerds. If you had a niche in fandom or nerdom, mm-hmm. like, what's your niche? I mean... Well, it all boils down to games. It's like picking your favorite. Yeah, child. I, it all boils down to games. I'm very much so a game nerd. I mean, I show it through all of my art that's on me. <laughs> so. So what do you got? I mean, you got so a tattoo. I have on your, Isabel your from Animal Crossing, and then I have a Kingdom Hearts tattoo, and I actually named my youngest daughter after Kyrie from Kingdom Hearts. That's some commitment, but that level of loyalty to a video game, comic book, or movie franchise is something you'll easily find in the world of comic conventions or Comic-Cons, as we've come to call them. I met Judy Simo at a section of the convention hosted by Ink Fusion. She was getting a tattoo of one of her favorite Disney characters. It was a spur-of-the-moment kind of thing. I'm getting a Maleficent head and a tiara of Aurora on her on her horn. I am a Sleeping Beauty fan, yes. So I love the, the Evil Queen herself and um, the princess, of course. I've been coming to these shows every year, and every year I say I'm going to get one from one of the guys here because, to me, it's a special momentum. And I love their pictures, so I figured I'd go ahead and uh, take a chance. Judy has been coming to this convention for years, back when it was called Wizard World New Orleans. We've been, what, the last 10, 10 years? And we even came during pandemic when there really wasn't anyone here just to show support because we really wanted to come out here for, for the people who come here. These, these vendors spend a lot of money in hotels and getting here to, to support us, you know, this area, the city, and us Comic-Con friends. Wizard World was eventually bought out by Fan Expo HQ, now the largest Comic-Con producer in the world. It brings in more than one million fans through a dozen-plus conventions every year. Where it decides to hold its Comic-Con says a lot about that particular city or region's appetite for such a convention. It doesn't really make sense to put on a Comic-Con where you don't pack the house. And on this Saturday at Fan Expo New Orleans, it was packed, with an estimated 30,000 visitors buying tickets to see celebrities like Elijah Wood. He's the actor who played Frodo Baggins in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. There were panels with sci-fi artists and authors discussing their creative process. There were also video game competitions for the gaming fanatics. But for many of these self-proclaimed nerds, this Comic-Con in New Orleans was a chance to dress up as the characters in their favorite movie or comics and, well, just nerd out with everyone else who came here. My name's Brent, and I'm dressed as Grand Admiral Thrawn from Star Wars today. I'm from Alabama. Alabama? Lower Alabama. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good old L.A. This is my first year here, um, but I did hear good things about this this con, so I was like, all right, I need to go 
and my schedule lined up for work, and I'm like, all right, let's just go, let's do it, you know, let's put on the blue on my face and everything, you know. <laughs> so when you're not dressed up, mm-hmm. what do you do? I'm a librarian. Obviously, with a, a city like New Orleans, there's plenty to do for everyone. I mean, you know, walk around some of these booths that we're walking around. You know, you see game shops, like local game shops and stuff like that that are around here. I mean, nerd culture is everywhere, you know. It's not just here, you know. I met Anna in the hallway. She is also from Alabama. I'm dressed as Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil. So what's Lady Dimitrescu about? She's kind of like a vampire mutant, and she eats people. It's very fun to just be able to come and like hang out with a bunch of people that are into the same stuff as you are. Star Wars was very well represented. There was no shortage of lightsabers and Yoda references at Fan Expo New Orleans. I went into one exhibit dedicated to Star Wars. There, I ran into a younger Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, someone in the costume of Obi-Wan Kenobi. In this community, they call it cosplay. My name is Jason. I'm from the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. I uh, have joined the Rebel Legion almost 10 years ago, and um, I had uh, sort of pursued Obi-Wan Kenobi until people said that I would be a good match for it, and I started pursuing Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I've just been in love with the uh, Legions as well as the... uh, uh, the camaraderie, the Star Wars, everything Star Wars, and it has just been an amazing journey. We just have our own culture, and it's nothing that is short of any other culture, and that we are friendly, open, and it's where I finally felt that I fit in, um, that when I went to my first major con, which is actually in this exact location, uh, 2011 maybe, um, I finally felt that I had found a place that I identified with. New Orleans, they have been hosting this event for years and years and years, and uh, it's become now a, a, a mainstay, and now, be it in New Orleans, a major hub, uh, especially for costuming, Mardi Gras, and everything that... Um, kind of go hands in hand, yeah. Yes, yeah, so we're already used to it. We already love the costumes. We love celebration. Uh, it's just here we just have now a mecca uh, for the southeast um, for all of us to come together. When you mention New Orleans, its culture of food, music, and parading typically come to mind. But as I recently found out, there's a pretty strong nerd culture here, too. Here's Kaylin again, who was greeting people at the convention's entrance. She was born and raised in New Orleans. Kaylin told me Fan Expo New Orleans is evidence of this community's size and reach. The community in New Orleans is a lot bigger than people think it is. I mean, Fan Expo is one of those examples of it. Like, there's a lot of people that really enjoy these things. But like you said, it's not really sh- it's, it's really hidden in the shadows because of, you know, Zulu Club and the parade. Yeah, Mardi Gras tends to kind of... We are here. I mean, honestly, it's a W for us because, you know, growing up, the older generation, some of my generation, they used to, you know, bully people like us that would be interested in this thing. And now it's like a worldly accepted thing. And now, you know, everybody's accepting that, hey, this is a real thing and they're not going anywhere. It's also a win for the local economy. In a place like New Orleans, which relies heavily on tourism, a Comic-Con that pulls in an estimated 30,000 people before Mardi Gras and festival season even begins is good business. If we zoom out, science fiction, comics, and the larger nerd culture are bankable products. It's all part of a multi-billion dollar industry. Streaming services are filled with fantasy, sci-fi, and anime. The biggest movies in recent history are from those genres. Take Disney, for example. Since its acquisition of Marvel Entertainment in 2009, 
Marvel films like Black Panther, The Avengers, and Guardians of the Galaxy have collectively grossed more than $25 billion. But that's small potatoes compared to the numbers in the video game industry. In 2023 alone, video games generated more than $187 billion in revenue worldwide. Through the proliferation of consoles like PlayStation and Xbox, and the expansion of mobile and online gaming, the experience I once had spending hours at the mall's arcade pumping quarters into machines is now playing out in homes across the country. At Fan Expo New Orleans, there were plenty of people playing video games, including members of the U.S. Navy's eSports team. This is Michael. How's the competition so far? Competition here is pretty good. Really? Uh, we don't typically play console games. I'm more of a computer player, so I, I play first-person shooters. The Navy had set up a booth at the convention. It was part of what it calls an outreach program. The Army had a booth as well. It seems to make sense. If you're the military and looking for potential recruits, then why not engage with a population that plays video games called Modern Warfare and Call of Duty? They did research on it, and it turns out, like, I think 80-85% of kids play video games, like, especially the target audience of, like, 18- to 21-year-olds. So if we, can, if we can get out and interact with people that way, it's uh, beneficial for the Navy. While the Navy and the Army are hoping some of the people in the nerd community will consider a future in the military, some members of that community are more directly cultivating a career from their passion. My name is Arnisha Jackson, co-owner of Twinimation Studios with my sister. Hello, my name is Andrea Jackson, again, part of the owner of Twinimation Studios. Andrea and Arnisha Jackson are twin sisters. They grew up in the New Orleans area. The twins attended Benjamin Franklin High School and then went to college together. They chose the Savannah College of Art and Design, or SCAD. It was at SCAD the sisters fine-tuned their lifelong love of animation and drawing. Andrea here. So as for me, I'd say it really started at a young age because we were always really into anime. I, as young as three years old, I remember watching Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! So we were always into the anime scene, watching cartoons all day long. I'd say it started at a very young age. And I'd say it progressed more into interest of the animation itself, closer to the teenage years, like maybe 13 and so on. Because that's really when I started actually like seeing the behind the scenes of animation. Like on the Disney Channel, they would show like the storyboards and how to make the movie and all these types of things. And that really just started to interest me, seeing how they made the films, how drawings could turn into a whole moving picture. Yeah, you saw the process. Of it. Yeah, so that really just started to inspire me. And I really liked it, especially because also it reminded me of like comics. And we also had this like little comic book, this Charlie Brown comic book we had as a child that we were always reading. And that just really piqued my interest and really wanted me to go into it as like a hobby and then later a career. After going to school together all those years, the twins decided to go into business together, launching Twinimation Studios. Here's Andrea. We started Twinimation Studios, I believe it was November 2021. I think it actually was right after Thanksgiving. Where, the day of. Yeah, it might have been the day of Thanksgiving. We together prepared our very first online course, and I wanted it to be a very kind of introductory course that anyone could take, no matter what your interest is. So it was a how to create your own film course, specifically on a budget, because I know that it's really expensive to be an animator. You know, you have all these types of programs you use. So I wanted to be able to make it accessible to those who aren't really rich, don't really have that much money to buy, oh, this program, that program. So I recommended different free programs in there and gave pretty much a guide on how to make a film from start to finish, starting from planning out your idea to storyboarding to actually animating it and then rendering out a video. And that was the very first course that ended up launching on the site. 
Twinimation Studios offers online courses and in-person events at schools for anyone interested in learning how to create animation, cartoons, and manga, which are comic books and graphic novels rooted in Japan. Through Twinimation Studios tutorials, subscribers can get to know the basics of things like drawing, editing, and rendering effects to bring their creations to life. Here's Arnisha. I have a course specifically teaching、um, people how to draw anime. So I start the course with a history of anime and、so、like give some backstory, and then I talk about different genres: mecha, shonen, magical girl. So people can hone in on a specific interest, and then I try to focus on how to go from like the top to the bottom. So how do you animate the eyes? How do you animate the mouth? How do you animate hair moving? And so we try to make our courses broad, but also like focused on everything they would need in order to like do it on their own. the The idea is that you walk away from it, and you don't really need to come back over and over and over again. The twins also published a coloring book called Creativity Crew, with crew spelled K R E W E, a nod to the many Mardi Gras parade organizations of New Orleans. It's available on Amazon, but it's not your typical coloring book. Here's Arnisha again. One thing that's、uh, really noticeable these days, not even just in the city, but just countrywide, is children are having trouble reading. They're having trouble writing. They're having trouble knowing, like, just basic facts about the United States that they live in, even their own states. They're lacking like some basic facts. So this is like something that I, I always hear about it on the news, and I was like, there's definitely something that can be done about this. Yeah, I'm looking at your your coloring book now, and it has very much an education. Aspect to it. It's not just going in and coloring the book. Yes, that's exactly what we wanted it to be. Every page is for coloring, but we also wanted it to have information in it. So we have a section dedicated to writing, so they can learn how to write their name, their letters. We wanted to make it fun. So there's some comics in the back, and that's to help them teach them how to read. So there's certain like there's a section in this particular book where it's like they have two characters talking, and they teach the word invigorating and teach how to how to break down the word. I think another word we teach in there. Atmosphere. So we wanted to make sure that we can like use the things that we、uh, learned and make it fun. I think children have difficulty learning when they don't find it fun or enjoyable. Was there ever a strong nerd community in the New Orleans area for you when you were growing up?、Um, Arnisha here. I would. I would actually probably say there probably was not a very strong community, like at least not a large scale one. As far as I was, you know, aware at the time, we typically tended to stick to like whoever you went to school with, and if they were interested, that was who you knew. So I was actually surprised a few years ago when I first saw that there was a Comic Con here in New Orleans because I always thought, oh, Comic Con, that's California, Texas, the place where they have a lot of people who would be into that. And so when I saw that there was a Comic Con here, I didn't, I didn't get to go at the time. But when I saw that it was here, I was like, oh, okay. If it's here, then they have to have a large amount of people that are into it. Oh yeah, Andrea here speaking. So yeah, I it is pretty, I guess, not the biggest thing in New Orleans seeing the big nerd culture because I guess. We're not really known for that. Everyone here, and there's、really、just so much to do sometimes with New Orleans. Yeah, it, like everyone, your first thought of New Orleans is usually going to be either Mardi Gras or the French Quarter. It's not really going to be anime nerd culture. So it is really great to see that it is expanding in this way. That's pretty cool, record round. Back at Fan Expo New Orleans, I've been a Star Trek fan for years, knee high to a grasshopper. I had a conversation with Randolph Allen. I am a vice admiral in the International Federation of Trekkers. And I also run the local chapter of our group. We call it the USS New Orleans. So we are a Star Trek fan organization, and also a nonprofit organization. We're one of the first charities to do this. 
Randolph was living in New Orleans when Comic-Cons and nerd culture were much smaller in scale. Times have certainly changed. Well, I think it's just finally did its natural organic growth into mainstream. You know, one of the things that we, we talk about a lot, especially as old-timers, is that we talk about um, cons of old, like uh, Volcon, which was here in New Orleans, um, Crescent City Con, where the, the fandom would just get together, regardless of you know, what, what we picked out. We would get together, we would do parties, visit with each other. What they were like is like you would get together and see friends. I mean, you still had to go in and pay money and do it because you were financing it, but we would have dances. We would have banquets. I mean, some of the old. Where would you have them? At the hotels. Landmark is one of our biggest places that we go to. So what was the earliest con that you can remember in New Orleans? Uh, I can't remember the number, but it's a Volcon, and it was at the Doubletree here on Canal Street. We talking 80s, 90s? What 80s. 80s. Yeah. Those were good years. Man. Those were good years, yes. What's it like to kind of see the community evolve from when you were holding cons in Doubletree to what you see now? Well, it's a little bit more commercialized. Um, There's a lot of money in it. There is. Well, I mean, if you look at it, look at the fandom, it's basically what's now mainstream. Like, Trek is mainstream. Star Wars is mainstream. It helps foster the, the fandom because people will show their interest through the profits that they're making. I mean, capitalism at its best. And what's capitalism without consumption? At conventions like these, practically everything associated with fandom or nerd culture is for sale. We sell all sorts of stuff like bags. Um, the bags are for 60. We sell the prints for 70. We sell uh, metal swords from anything like games, animes. That's Miguel. He's from the Dallas area in Texas and one of the many vendors at the convention. Miguel travels to Comic-Cons selling merchandise, and that includes weapons. You know, some people want to hang it on their walls, but just want to use it to, like, cut some apples or something. Well, that's what it's for. Uh, but we also have some Walter cosplay, where they, they look exactly the way they do in the game or in the anime. And uh, that's the stuff they used to cosplay with. Can you so, describe this? Like, what's, what's this? Okay, this is really cool. I love this one. So this is the Blades of Chaos, right? Um, gold handle. Uh, silver um, blade ah, from Kratos, right? From Kratos, yeah. yeah. It has the markings of the actual blade um, engraved into it. And this is real metal. I mean, you could yeah. hurt yourself if you're not careful. Oh, yeah, I've definitely pricked myself like three times on this, just taking it out of the box. Uh, it comes with the chains, too. This is my full time job. I sell swords at um, all, all around the U.S. How is it? Like, is that a fun job? It is a really fun job. I met a lot of people. I, I was able to meet the first uh, Red Ranger from Power Rangers. I was able to meet the Lego Batman from the Lego Batman movie. It's not the best paying job, but it's mostly just for the fun of it. You know, those people were like, oh, you need a job that give you money. Well, I want a job that I can, I can have fun at. And that's this one right here. I'm surrounded by swords. I love swords. I love selling them. Um, I get to meet all sorts of people, so I'm just going to say it's a blast. For those outside of Comic-Cons and fandom, this may all seem a bit weird. But in many ways, they're pretty similar to what you would see at a big sporting event at the Superdome. Just like diehard Saints fans who wear the jersey of their favorite player or put on a costume and paint their faces for game day, the Comic-Con community is putting its support and money behind its heroes. What may have been a niche in the 1970s and 80s is now a proven moneymaker. There is a big economy about nerds, and it's not just nerds, it's like geeks and like professional players. 
Whether it's people like Miguel selling swords at Comic-Cons, or the Jackson twins teaching animation on their website, a culture built on imagination and fantasy is producing real opportunities. In New Orleans, I'm Ton Trung for WWL Radio.